Yo, Lucha Libre friends, this is Indie Handshake, Edición de Lucha Libre. I am your host, Jesus Cruz, and I'm joined tonight by my brother, El Hijo de Chupacabra, the Mexican werewolf, or as the homies call him, Chupi. How you doing, brother? Blah, doing blatastic, as you know. <laughs> nice, man. How's the family, man? Because every time you think of, of Chupi, for all of us that, that have known him for many years, anytime, anytime you think of Chupi, you think of his family, Angela and the kids. So how's, how's everybody doing? Uh, getting big. I mean, I got a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary schooler. So freshman, sixth grade, and third grade. Oh man, so, you you got him in every uh, uh, weight category, <laughs> right? But no, everything's going good. I mean, I mean, as best as we can through these hard times that we're all going. I can't be. I still have a job. My wife still has a job. My I'm healthy. My wife's healthy. The kids are all healthy, and. You know, we're just getting through this day by day, but no, we're we're all doing great. Just yeah, I'm just feeling how old I am now and how long I've been in this business. <laughs> you know? And I can attest to the fact that you are a very hard worker, not only in the ring but in real life. Because we were supposed to record this yesterday, but you be kidding me, because he, you know, he had, he had a long day at work. Man, I put my hair, I put pomade in everything. <laughs> oh, you got the thirst flowers in and everything, and you're like, oh, I gotta get all nice and sexy for Chupi and shit. Today but, I just went nah, off. Yeah, I, yeah, I apologize again. Like I said, I've been working long hours Monday through Friday at a warehouse and just, yeah, you know how, my body is just killing. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. So I'd like to start these off with a little bit of how we met. Uh, I remember meeting you for the first time uh, when we were both doing – I guess you can call it backyard wrestling, even though it wasn't backyard wrestling. It was a promotion called Western Federation Wrestling that was running shows out of the iconic APW Gym Wars, APW Gym. And uh, we met through a mutual friend named Nick Aragon. So Nick Aragon came in uh, to APW to do video. I was already there, and then we worked on a couple of videos together, recording shows. And then he's like, you know, I would go to his house to edit in South San Francisco, and he had a ring in his backyard. And yeah. so we were just fucking around the rings. Like, hey, I do backyard wrestling too out in Newark, Fremont. And then so he's like, hey, I'm going to start doing it at APW at the school. So I signed up. You know, I, I fucking sucked. I just took chair shots and, you know, uh, masochist Alex powerbombed me on a car outside and all that stuff. But, yeah, that's where I met you. And you were – explain to a little bit, a little bit about how you got involved with WFW. Um, so myself and my brother, uh, we had a ring in our own backyard in Sunnyvale, California is where I'm originally from. And, uh, after doing it there for about a couple months, I went online and we happened to find that WFW was having tryouts in Hayward, California. And, uh, at the time my brother was not too into it, but I had one of my friends, uh, Ramon who lived in the area and he was like, Hey, I'll go up there with you and see what's going on. So uh, I, I sat and I, I was debating, like, should I do this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, you know what? Let's go. This is going to be fun. So we drew from Sunnybell to Hay Hayward and uh, went there. And like you said, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't probably the first time. It was probably the second or third time that you and I met and interacted with each other. But uh, Nick Aragon, who um, I thank uh, a lot for where I'm at today, uh, opened, me, opened up his uh, you know, WFW school and the area and was just like, hey, come on in, uh, see what you got. And, oh, hey, if you like what you got, you want to be on the shows and have some fun? Like, uh, let's go and let's do this. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing it in my backyard anymore. I'd rather try to see what the next level is and let's go do this. Yeah. And what was the, what was the character that you, that you came up with? 
I already um, know, but I'm just saying. I, I I know you already know. You're probably putting this on with the video of me walking out right oh, now, yeah. of me sitting here going, X, gonna give it to you, gonna give it to you. <laughs> yeah, so my first professional wrestling name was XL. Um, it came up between myself and uh, my best friend, uh, Ken May. Um, he's the one that helped me get into wrestling when I was a little bit older in high school and stuff. And he... <laughs> We were just sitting there like, okay, I'm going to Hayward. I'm debuting as this character, but I need a name. I can't be Taylor Korea. I got to be something strong. And, oh, man, what, what can I be? I look over at my friend's computer, and I see that he has, you know, Microsoft Excel <laughs> up on there. And I'm like, take the E off. Call me Excel. I can throw the X up and walk out like it. Let's play uh, DMX's X going to give it to you. I'm like, I got everything all within, like, 20, 30 minutes. Man, it's a good thing you didn't have PowerPoint open at that time, dude. You PowerPoint. PowerPoint person. <laughs> That's actually not so a bad that, name for promotion, PowerPoint Pro. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that was my first ever uh, character that I did. Um, that wasn't in my own my own backyard, but it it was there at WFW. And uh, before, I mean, during that, were you familiar with APW's product? Were you, did you watch indie shows in this area? So, um, no. So I got into wrestling in a weird, funny way. I liked it when I was younger. And when I got to about the age 11 or 12, I really started getting into it. And my dad, who is like a two or three time state high school wrestling champion, in Sunnyvale was like, you're not going to do that fake shit. Th th this is something you're not going to be doing, blah, 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 blah. And um, at this time, my parents were divorced. Um, I spent time with my mom, I spent time with my dad. Uh, when I went and spent time with my mom, she goes, hey, do you want to go to a WWE show or WWF show back in the day? And I was like, uh, sure, I guess we can. Me and my little brother were like, yeah, let's go. Um, I was 12, my brother was 10, and we went to the show over at the Cow Palace. And it was a house show um, there. And I was, you know, amazed about just the show going on, just the sportsmanship and the theatricalness and just everything going on with it. And I'm like, wow, this is a really good show. And, and then um, this one wrestler came out and started walking out. It was uh, Papa Shango. Walked out to the ring and did his whole, did his match and came on through the back. And my mom, right when he's walking back, my mom goes, <laughs> I know that guy right there. And I'm like, no, you don't, mom. Don't BS me. I'm a little 12-year-old kid. I'm like, don't BS me. She goes, what? You don't think I do? She ran over to the uh, gorilla position at the time right there and looks down and goes, hey, hey, Chuck, Chuck, <laughs> hey. And then he looks up and goes, hey, you, see them? Bring them down here. So oh, my mom says, told you I knew him. <laughs> Backstage to – um to the gorilla position said hi to papa shango and said what's going on hey how's it going went back and just saw uh the one two three kid i think we saw sean michaels and we saw a couple of the people that were there and it was just me being amazed as a kid saying i saw a couple of these guys out here and like, oh man this is awesome uh later do i know that my mom and my dad went to high school with, with papa shango aka the godfather oh wow so 
he was the one that gave us the tickets. He's the one that got my mom backstage for us. And he's the one that inspired this little 12-year-old kid to be a professional wrestler. So where did they go to school with them? What area? Uh, Peterson. Oh, in Peterson, okay. So remember um, when uh, Butch or like when uh, Big Time Wrestling was doing shows there, I was always posi- positioning myself to try to be on those shows because I lived on that corner that was right there. Oh, so okay. I was like, come on. Remember that? Because I was like, yeah. I live right – literally, you can look out the gym and be like, there's my house right right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, man, that, that's, that's awesome. Hey, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chuck. Charles. Charles Wright. Yeah. <laughs> so um, moving from, like, the backyard, you know, doing some WFW. Um, by the way, who were uh, some of the guys that you worked with in WFW that still work today – or we're working for, for, you know, longer period of time. Uh, uh, one of them that you mentioned earlier before, um, the masochist, um, he was in it for a little bit for a while. Alex, I, I, I loved Alex. He was just always a kind heart. I mean, yeah. with, with the name of the masochist with a kind heart, you know, it's kind of oxymoronish, but, <laughs> but, uh, he was around for a while and then he left, but he was, he was here for a minute. I loved wrestling with him at uh, WFW. Um, double D Dave Dutra, uh he he was uh dave van dam back in the day of wfw and uh he was the promising child of wfw that i believed and he he had the talent he he still does to this day um but the one that outshined us all uh, and still could outshine us to this day is uh chance calloway that that man just had charisma oozing out of him and um that the, the last two that I mentioned are the ones that made a big impact on myself to make me want to push farther with, with the wrestling going on and stuff, because we were in this, you know, small little pond here, but they were, they were big names in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping maybe I can jump in with them and maybe we can go to a bigger pond altogether. Mm-hmm. So, but though, though there's a lot of guys, Nick Aragon as well. Um, Man, there's so many other people I can't even remember right now. I know if I go back, I have, I have a bunch of uh, binders and stuff. I actually was a really bad nerd for like 10 years and saved everything. Um, all the uh, top, was it 20 list from Bay Area? Uh, okay. Uh, what was it called? The, um, oh, shit. They, had the, they, they always had the, like every week or every two weeks, they had the, the top yeah, whatever wrestlers yeah. there. Yeah, I did that for like 10 years straight of just everyone that was doing it for a while. So Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I never got to do anything with you in WFW because honestly, I wasn't supposed to be in the gym in the in the vicinity. I remember that because <laughs> you came once, and um, I think when you came, you said hi to us, and you were only there for a minute, and then you had to leave. Yeah. And then it was for myself. It was the infamous moment of where uh, Larry Blackwell and um, Jardy France came in. They came into there, and if, as you know, the ring set up right there. They had the little locker room area right there, and they came back from Roland, Roland's office that was right there, and they were just like, hey, man, huh, this place looks pretty messy. And we had all of our gear in our bags and everything like that, and I'm like, man, no, I'm, I'm, to myself, I'm like, I don't think it's that messy. Next thing you know, they're just tossing bags and throwing shit everywhere. We're like, this place is a fucking pigsty. Clean it up. Damn. <laughs> oh. 
at that time, Jardy and Larry, I fucking hated them. <laughs> I, 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 I told myself, if, like, if I ever see them ever again, I'm going to just take them both out. Dude, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about that. Um, no, but I was there, I was there a couple times, you know, I, I got to work with uh, Nick, I got to work with um, Alex, got to work with this guy that I brought in for the first time, but since I was a part of Pro Wrestling Iron, yes, I wasn't supposed to be in the building, so I worked under a mask that I made, it looked all fucked up, but then I took my mask mid-match, because it was so hot, and I was like, oh, fuck this, everyone's just gonna know who I am, and sure enough, word got out, and I was banned, you know, <laughs> not allowed in here ever again. Oh, the good old days back in the Bay Area days where we had to all sanctuary ourselves to certain companies and no, no, no. Oh, yeah. What are you doing there? Yeah, but it was, you know, it was fun. Uh, it was, it's a fun story to tell now. So after <laughs> WFW, what was your move? Like, how did you decide, like, you know what, I want to keep doing this, but I want to get a uh, 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 pro training or I want to continue my training? So I wrestled for, I think, four to six months with WFW and I was enjoying it. It was fun. I got, I got the feel of being in a real ring. The ring that I had in my backyard, it was one of another friends that um, his dad was a welder and actually welded the whole ring. We had boat rope all the way around. So there was no give or whatever, but I was able to learn how to fall. So I, I was enjoying my time at uh, WFW. And then um, I believe actually I was wrestling the masochist and um I was really thinking I was a high flyer because I was loving Rey Mysterio. And I was like, oh, I can do all this stuff that he does. I did a springboard and I was going for the leg drop. And I noticed that I, w I overcompensated and I went too far. Um, and I was going to sit on uh, the mask's head. So I put my hand down and leaned back so I wouldn't do it. And once I did it, I sat, hit the leg drop. And I realized that my middle finger went all the way towards my pinky finger. Damn. Yeah, so it, it, if you can see there, I got uh, two pins and a plate inside my finger there. Yeah. Finger went all the way this way. I was done. I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. It sucks. Got surgery, had everything done with it. I think it was healed within two and a half, three weeks instead of the four to six weeks because I'm, I'm stupid. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Look, it moves. I can be fine. I can work with wrestling's left arm, right? Yeah, okay, I'm not doing lucha. <laughs> So um, I went to APW with one of my friends, and it was my tryout, but I had to actually watch the show before. I go to the door. And I was like a minute or two late right after the door shut, and um, the door opens up, and one of the students goes, uh, what are you doing? You're late. And I'm like, hey, sorry. Um, I was coming through traffic, and I'm here for the, the tryout after. Uh, Gabe Ramirez told me to come on up. So he went, oh, okay, hold on a sec. Uh, shut the door, ran to the back, came and brought Gabe Ramirez to the front and says, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, hi, how you doing? I'm Taylor Cree. I'm here for the tryout and everything. He goes, yeah, I seen you fucks do all this stuff in your backyard for the WFW thing that goes on here. You're not going to amount to anything in this business. I don't think you need to fucking be wrestling here. So just uh, go ahead and just go home. So from Classic. that right, yeah. So from that right there, I was distraught. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, from Sunnyvale to Hayward, it's only a 30-minute drive. But, you know, yeah. if there's traffic, you're fucked no matter what. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I was pissed. And I'm like, what did I What do I need to do now? What can I do to go to that next level? Um, at the time, Kryptonite was going to APW. Um, and Kryptonite is from uh, Sacramento. He was one of the very few people that was allowed to come 
from an outside organization to APW. Um, I believe he was my, doing the program with Vic Grimes at the time, I think it was, where he was jumping off the stairs and doing all the crazy stuff there with him. Mm -hmm. But he came to myself and Chance and was just like, hey, uh, if you want to train, there's a place in Sacramento that you can go and train up there with. And at, at first, I was like, fuck, that's a, that's a drive. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. And I was like, you know what? Two hours is not that bad. Let's go. We can do that. Um, Chance lived in Dublin at the time, right there by Dublin Pleasanton. Mm -hmm. So I would drive up, pick him up uh, with Angela, uh, my girlfriend, wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, would drive up to Sacramento, get up there early, set up the ring, uh, do all the training, and then uh, come on back. And we did that for – four five months so that that adventure is what led me to after wfw so when i couldn't train with all pro wrestling in the bay area i left and i went to uh, spw because i felt that was the best fit for me um besides what other schools that were going on at the time and that was with uh, big ugly right correct yeah big ugly accepted me in so <laughs> uh, that was a funny so I walked into the Colonial Theater because that's where the training was at over there. I walked in, uh, chances behind me walking, and I'm walking in cocky as hell, you know. He's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, you're the kids that uh, Kryptonite told us about, right? And I'm like, yeah, how you doing? My name's Excel. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, Ugly always fucks with me. <laughs> he goes, what's up, Excel? <laughs> well, no, now I know what I'm putting underneath your name right here. Oh, bro, I, I totally – accepted it like i looked back at the videos and vhs tapes that i had i'm like oh man yeah make fun of me i totally deserved it <laughs> so how, how did how was how did they treat you there um coming from that background the wfw background like you know obviously apw was like fuck out of here but how did how did spw and the trainers and the other students uh how were they towards you uh with open arms like Ugly is is very strict but open and doesn't bullshit you. So you don't get that feeling of like he's giving you a ruse or he's gonna he's planning something against you. Like he'll straightforward just like when I walked in and say, Hey, how you doing? My name's Excel. He goes, ha, ha, uh, is that your backyard name? He's like, funny kid, what the fuck's your real name? <laughs> <laughs> so like he's um the training with him was great. Um I mean I couldn't ask for a better first trainer. He took me under his wing. He taught me everything that he learned. And then later on, when we talk about it more, he donned his own original character to me and, and let me run with his original character. And that that's biggest thing that I took from that as uh, very honorable. And I can't let him down at all ever. No, Big Ugly uh, is one of the best trainers ever around. Um, El Flaco Loco is also, he doesn't, he never says he's my trainer. He's my trainer. I don't care what the hell he says. <laughs> he, he took me under his wing as a Lucha Libre Mafia yeah. um, and uh, taught me how uh, I should, you know, react when certain stuff happens in a promo because I can't talk. I can talk here with you and I. You want to get me in a ring? Fuck no. <laughs> like, as you, I'm, a, I'm a beast. That's the reason why I go out there and don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the name, so, the name uh, that uh, that Chupi was talking about was uh, Big Ugly wrestled as Chupacabra, uh, and then so you got the name, uh, the name Hijo de Chupacabra. 
Yes, so he is the original El Chupacabra. He got it from his trainer, Brian Ward, from North American Wrestling. Um, and he wrestled with that for a while before he also debuted as the big, ugly J.D. Bishop. And when I was training at the time, I was still bald. I was just known as Excel, and I was um, being a referee because, you know, during your time, you got to pay your dues by doing the ring crew and, you know, cleaning up and doing referee and doing everything like that. Um, Flacco was the one that was in the ring when we were training and jokingly was just like, you know what, ugly, would it be awesome if El Chupacabra had a son? <laughs> hey, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you over there with the dark skin, come here. <laughs> how, how far and, along uh, in the training were you then? So myself, I've, I'm very prideful for it because I went to an SPW show one December and I saw it and I started training in January and my debut match was in, and I wrestled my, it was myself and El Chupacabra, I believe, versus a uh, ridiculous Mike Rain. And so that, that was my um, debut at SPW is where I had that going on. There. How, how did the match go? How did your first match go? Uh, my second match was actually really great. So um, I don't know what it is with ugly. I mean, I've been, you know, I, after listening to Flacco's interview and I'm just sitting there thinking back on him, like, you know what? Ugly never lets his students debut at his own shows. <laughs> oh, that's right. You had to go like to RPW, right? Yeah. So I debuted. So it was myself, Mike Rain, uh, Chance Calloway, uh, Marseille. God, who there was one other person I can't remember right now. Well, myself, I think it was all five of us. But we went down and we wrestled in Porterville. Dante CJ actually came up to Ugly and goes, Hey, can I take your student down with me to Porterville, which is like an hour south of Fresno? He's like, Yeah, sure, go right ahead, just do it. So we're driving down and we're if you have you been to Porterville? Do you know where Porterville's at? I've driven past it. Yeah, it keep doing that every time you do it. So you get off. We went into a shed like that was out in the middle of nowhere, but it was one of the funnest shows to be at because the fans brought beer. Um, the ring was right in the center. Everyone was having a great time, just saying what they wanted to say. Uh, it, that was my debut match. <laughs> was out in the middle of a shed with all those wrestlers and just having fun not even worried about anything else because it wasn't like storyline it wasn't like you know you did do this and that it was just whatever you did in your training go balls to the wall right now because these fans want to be entertained and cj would always be like i don't give a fuck just have fun and go balls to the fucking wall okay yeah what better way what better way to do it man yeah but i gotta thank um robbie phoenix and carnage um, those guys just took us under his wing, our wing and like myself and Chance went down there multiple times after this and just Robbie Phoenix was like, yeah, keep on coming, keep on coming. Robbie Phoenix is from, uh, you know, Santino's, uh, uh, pro wrestling school down there. Uh -huh. One of the head trainers. And I think he's been, he's been training over at uh, best of the West right now too. But no, nah, I love fucking Robbie. He's, he took care of me since day one and I always want to repay him uh, as much as I can. So you started, you, you did, uh, sorry, you started doing the gimmick, Hijo de Chupacabra. Can you talk to us about the mask? Uh, how was it working under a mask and talk to, talk to us about the mask design? So 
if I'm remembering this correctly, I wore a purple with black mask first. Um, hence why you have that purple shirt on going right there is because yeah, that's the second mask. Oh, okay. Yes. So if I if I remember correctly, I'm you know I've been hitting cheap the head plug very by the way, cheap plug. <laughs> cheap plug. VHS twenty nine ninety nine one set. Get it now. Only one copy left. Very punk rock <laughs> is written on there. <laughs> oh man, I just saw that the other day too, and I pulled it out. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, but I uh, the mask that's on that there was mimicked after Big Ugly's mask or El Chupacabra, the original one. Um, it was a high spot mask, the all black high spot mask. And my wife, Angela, sewed everything else on there. So we borrowed that mask for a week and then copied everything. So uh, Chupacabra's original colors were uh, black, green, and silver. And I needed something else to stand out. And I was like, you know what? No one uses purple. I'll do purple, silver, and black. So, um, so the first one, I believe, I just bought. And um, so yeah, I'm so bad at remembering this right now. I either bought it or Flacco gave me the mask. Uh, the, my first purple and black one. I'll send a picture to you, and I'll show you which one that one is later. Okay. Um, but that mask is the one that Angela made, and that was what I wore as El Hijo de Chupacabras the whole time. Um, and I went from different variations from the neck down, but that mask right there meant a lot to me because I was able to go out with my trainer under a mask that was mimicked after him and – taking on a character that he's going to give to me. Yeah. So that, that, that right there is just, like I said, everything to me. Like El Chupacabra, El Hijo de Chupacabra is everything to me. Tell us one of your favorite or some of your favorite moments from the Colonial Theater, be it a match, something that happened backstage, just something memorable from the Colonial Theater. Um, ooh, uh, it was a six-man cage match. Um, it was myself, Big Ugly, Bonsai Bruce Rukaki, Sergei, Luster the Legend, and Rick Luxury. So it was the first ever um, big cage match that we had to where the belt was hanging in the cage and you had to use a ladder to get the belt. Bring the belt down, and once you bring the belt down, you had to bring it to the outside of the cage and touch your feet onto the outside to actually be the winner. Okay. So it, it was a great match. Uh, Ugly had great match ideas, mm -hmm. really good ones back in the day. Um, so that match happened, and chaos was ensuing. It was weapons and everything being uh, you know, used up the whole time. So Samurai was going for, in the, going for something in the corner where Luster the Legend uh, – Sweeped his legs, it hit him down, so he went into the tree of woe and set up light bulb tubes in front of him. Myself, I went and started attacking Luster and ran at him, and he cut me off and picked me up and stopped me and put me in the razor's edge and gave me the razor's edge into Sir Samurai in his tree of woe that um, he, he usually does in his matches with the light bulbs in between. When I hit, I was wearing, I think, only trunks at the time, so I was only just wearing trunks, kick pads, and my mask. Uh, my back hit and slid down Sir Samurai in the front. But upon impact, my back looked like um, just barbed wire just went and just scratched my whole back. And uh, my 
stupid ass was like, oh, man, this sucks. It hurts. Uh, well, nine hours to go to Portland for our show tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I was sitting the whole time just, ow, 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 ow. Okay, let me sleep. No, no, ow, ow. <laughs> I remember that. So uh, that was – that was one of my favorite uh, memories that I had there at the Colonial. And then um, Virgil, uh, for his birthday show that he had there. And uh, we went to our spot that we always go to at the top of the Colonial. If you've been up there, you know, behind the uh, screen, you can go take those steps of death <laughs> up to the top yeah. up there. Yeah, they were so small, but it's like, but there's a bathroom up there. Like, I, we'll be good. Yeah. So uh, we went up there and Virgil wasn't wrestling and he had a bottle of Crown and he was like, my fucking birthday. Fucking take a shot with me, Chupy. So we sat up there and I think for like a half hour just started just drinking and just bullshitting. And that that right there was a good memory right now that I can think about and just smile. Yeah. Just knowing that was fucking some good shit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was just Virgil being Virgil. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to Virgil, man. Cheers to Virgil. Always BF3 every day. So after, um, not after, but during SPW, you know, uh, how long were you, like, would you consider you were at SPW? Um, as in? An ugly training? Or? Ugly's version of? Uh, I was there all the way through and after. Mm-hmm. So I was, so for, for the first four months, I was SPW only when I was training. Mm-hmm. Then I moved from Sunnyvale to Reno with my uh, my wife, and I started dual training. I started training with um, uh, Coastal Pro Wrestling with uh, Mustafa Saeed and Brian Brigger and uh, the Reno Scum with Adam Thornstow, Lester the Legend, Hardy Corey Dayton, um, Paul Isadora, frankly gorgeous. Um, I was training four days to five days a week in Sacramento and then two days up in Reno at the, at the time. And um, I would say I, I went all the way through with Ugly. I went with uh, Sir Samurai, who took over after, um, all the way through as well. And I would say maybe about 2014, 2015, I think is where I just stepped away and um, would do what Ugly would ask me to do, but was only doing certain other things in Sacramento when asked to by certain people. Gotcha. So um, going back to the whole mask a persona, like how, when and how did you lose your mask? Um, I lost my mask at, in a mask versus mask match versus El Flaco Loco. Um, so what had happened prior to this months before is I broke my face. Um, I'll zoom in a little so you can see it. The left side of my face has a scar right here and a scar right here. Um, But this whole area right here, I have three plates here, one plate under my eyeball, and 24 pins um, holding everything together. Um, Freak accident move happened in a show in Central Valley. And um, after I broke my face where I was El Hijo de Chupacabras, and I was wearing that, that uh, mask that you showed, but I had the red mesh over it. I over-anticipated a, a big boot, and my left orbital just got crushed. Um, Billy Blade was the first one that came back and saw it and got Angela. 
my wife and she came back and cried and ran out and I didn't know what was going on because I was like, oh, I'm just concussed, you know, ah, I'm fine. And I went in the mirror and I saw it and it was dropped down to here. Um, after that happened, went to the hospital, got it, you know, figured out. And, and um, I had to wait about a week and a half for the swelling to go down to get a shot, uh, surgery for it. But after that whole ordeal that happened, I was like, I don't know if I want to wear a mask anymore. Uh, especially since it's obstructing my view, I feel that is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, granted, it was probably me overzealous and getting into it and going a half step faster and closer. But I feel like having the red mesh over the eyes was a hindrance to me. So I told myself, I was like, I think I should not want to wear a mask, but I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, uh, Rick Luxury at the time um, was like, you know what? You should put some teeth and contacts in and paint your face. No one's doing that shit right now. And at first I laughed and I'm like, you know what? That's fucking right. No one is doing that shit right now. So I did the match with El Flaco Loco, uh, lost the match. Uh, when I got demasked, um, I had my eyes and teeth in. And I was known as a real chupacabra because I believe before this, uh, Big Ugly was de uh, re reviewed as El Chupacabra. So he was playing a character mm -hmm. for that. But by me getting demasked, it was, oh my God, that is actually a chupacabra. Like he has red contact eyes and teeth in and like, what is he? So that, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was the... The end of El Hijo de Chupacabra with El Flaco Loco and Lucha Libre Mafia, and then the Mexican Werewolf El Chupacabra. Now, as a as a Mexican Werewolf Chupacabra, that's when I started booking you in my Lucha shows. This is in 2005 yes. in San Jose. Were you a fan of Lucha Libre, or did you? Is it just something you picked up, like the style, like watching like a Torimon or CMLL or AAA? So I I watched. Um, AAA and CMLO with my, my grandpa. Um, my grandpa is a former gold glove boxer. He's a, he's, he's Mexican and native, but he's like six, three or six, four to this day. He's like 80, I think. And he's like two twenty. He, he can still all bench me to this day. Like I, I don't want to go work out with my grandpa. Cause he's like, ah, mijo, move up. Ah, this ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like I watched that when I was younger and he was just like telling me and explain and, you know, after watching some of that, I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of cool. And then I was watching WWE and stuff during back there, WWF back in the day. And it was cool because it was entertaining, but it wasn't that charisma or th that athleticism that was getting brought up with. But uh, once um, I started watching uh, Torimon, Big Ugly got me hooked on Torimon. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like the early stages of Torimon, right before they went to Mexico, right when they went to Mexico, those guys are just just phenomenal like just everything they do now is like a staple within wrestling now yeah. so with anyone saying like oh i created this move this and that blah 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 I'm like i bet you i can find it in Tori Mon. Yeah. <laughs> no they were a big influence in the definitely in the indies a big influence in the indies. oh huge influence uh i mean they were I'm, influenced by Luke Luke Luke, but they created their own thing that ended up influencing a whole generation of indie wrestlers Yes, uh, Shane Patterson, fucking love that guy. Uh, I, when he told me he did the AAA tryout and did, it was a, a Toymon tryout and stuff like that, um, and then after watching it on here, I was like, holy shit, that's right, he did tell me that stuff. 
Yeah. I was like, that lucky motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're working Lucha Libre shows. You're working uh, uh, for my shows, Promo Califa. How was it like to work in front of a authentic Mexican fan base? Uh, different and great because I felt at first I wasn't portraying what I should be portraying. I mean, I mean, sorry if you guys don't know, I am half black, half Mexican. So I'm trying to, I go to my culture of what I've been raised with, but I don't forget both of my cultures. Mm -hmm. But when I was going in front of Lucha Libre shows for Promo Califa uh, in San Jose, um, what was the venue called for that place? That was the, yeah, I love that place. I I love down. pulling I love pulling up there and just walking by or driving by security and look at me and I'm like chupacabras and they're like oh, oh no go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it made me realize when I was doing your shows at Permanent Khalifa like there's different aspects that you have to hit with the core fans. So WWE or WWF has these kind of fans that need these tones hit. Lucha Libre fans, these fans have these tones that need to be hit. You need to hit them in, in a certain storytelling-wise or move-wise to them so you can interact with them here. Yeah. Independent fans, the indie marks back in the day, you had to do something for them to react and get them to stand up on their feet to do something like that. So your show showed me a lot of different aspects of wrestling in one because – it brought because we it was in San Jose, so it was independent wrestling. It was Lucha Libre, and it was um, Smart Marks, all in one area. Yeah. You had to try to learn how to appease to all of them. Yeah. And when you gave me the torch to actually go out there and like, hey man, just do you like you're a character, just have fun. I'm like, thank you. Oh yeah, I knew they were gonna. I knew you were gonna go over. And, and that made me feel great because knowing that what I was trained with and what I've done, I made, I, I made people recognize what this character can be and what I can do with it. So I thank you for that. You helped me open up more to go out there and think outside the box. And I don't have to be traditional uh, American wrestling. Mm -hmm. I can do something different because someone else wants something different. Yeah. And you, like you said, you were you were over, like you were talking about earlier, how you're not good at speaking, you know, like in the ring, but it's like you didn't have to, man. Like your whole, just coming out of the uh, uh, curtains with the energy that you brought, the crowd already knew like, oh yeah, we're, we're behind this guy 100%. A, a funny note from those shows, we used to have uh, valets or ring girls <laughs> come out come out with the wrestlers man and Chupi was like oh hell yeah I'm all about it you know you know his wife was there whatever but he's like whatever you know he come <laughs> out with the girl hold her hand like twirl her around for everybody's like yeah get her in the ring start dancing and a lot of the luchadors were afraid of the ring girls because their wives were in the crowd <laughs> and so you would see them dart and they run right past the girl the girl's out waiting for them to hold their hand and they just like <laughs> Nope, my wife's here. Can't do it. <laughs> no, nah, and like I said, you've been around with uh, myself and Angela for oh, 18 plus years and shit. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, I'm very lucky that she understands the showmanship of like, yeah, cool. You got my man right now for what, a minute or two? Yeah. Cool. I'll have him later tonight. Yeah. Go do what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. But the crowd loved it, you know. The, the crowd was all about it. 
Uh, and then, you know, after San Jose, you know, we took a little break and then uh, we started doing shows at the Oakland Metro um, where, where you wrestled. You know, you even had a Savage Machine play a song for you live as you, as you came out. That was dope. I was trying to find the CD. I have the CD, but I literally got like, I have yeah, yeah. I mean, I can say that you did. That, I, yeah. But I still have that uh, CD and I fucking, I love that because it was myself versus, myself and Rick Luxury, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Versus who? It was, Jewish it, Jewish, right? it was, it was Roquero del Diablo and Rick Luxury against you and Vaquero Fantasma. Yes. And then there was another one where you, I think you wrestled Vinny. I don't know. There was a, I think we did three shows total at the Metro. The Vinny one was fun. The Vinny one was the second one, I believe. Yeah. So the first one, that's probably, that was, yeah. was, I was one of the first people to be at the Metro to wrestle there and actually do something. And you brought it there to, you know, have a show and stuff. And that was really awesome. That one was awesome. And then what was the one in San Francisco? Mm. The one that was at the local. Uh, uh, it's actually this is a poster for it right here. <laughs> that was the one. Was that the one where the uh uh your car got hit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told. I remember I, shit. I told. I told this story. I think in another podcast. But basically, I booked four minis. It was the Mascarita Sagrada, Little Parka. You know, four mini wrestlers. And, uh, you know, the show was going good, you know, whatever. But as a promoter, you're running around, you're stressed out. You know, you got my <laughs> you got there. And my car got hit. Middle of the show. Boom. Drunk driver. A drunk person that we kicked out of the venue. Yes, I remember that. Went to another bar, got even more drunk. Got in his truck and took out four vehicles, of which mine took the, the biggest blunt of it, of the force of everything. <laughs> he... He pulled left, hit a homeless guy, and crashed against the pole. And then you got Jason Styles, Chico Navarro, and like Ryan Von Cool chasing this guy down. <laughs> so now I got a chunk of my car, like the like the uh, bumpers is fucking. It was like your driver's side door and a bumper, like all taken yeah. out or something, right? <laughs> the funny part was that when I had to take the minis back to the hotel room, I had to sit them in the back, and they were holding my bumper. <laughs> so it's like i'm sorry mascarita i know you're a legend and all but you gotta hold this bumper dog <laughs> i love I, I love mascarita though because every show that i was on he would hey chupis uh donde es cerveza I'm like, oh hold on bro i got i got you <laughs> yeah, just don't go driving a little mini car fool like don't fuck <laughs> oh man but you know i loved that san francisco show that was a really great show too just but all the promo Calippa shows, I, I I liked a lot because of, for, for one, you and I, we've had, so I was always like, yeah, you want me to do your show? Cool. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. But just the fact that we did, I, I was able to wrestle. So yeah. that for me was better. Instead of me driving to Sacramento and always do the shows out in that. Nope. I was in Reno at the time. I think you were already in Reno. Yeah. I was in Reno, but I was able to visit my family and come down to the weekends. Cause I was like, yep, sure. Visit now my family and do a show let's go yeah so no yeah I, I loved san francisco san jose san jose i have a lot of memories from but yeah no, all the promo and before we get into hood slam because we were talking about working in the metro uh oh, we'll go to hood slam last because you know me i'll probably have a lot to talk on that. yeah no i'm trying to kind of position it because i know it's a big chunk um working and in, in socal um did you work a, a lot in socal i remember i brought you down for uh a, uh, 
Rev, it was like the Rev J Cup or Rev Cup, something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for Rev Pro. Rev Pro with American Wild Child. I yes. Got, I got you a match with – I got you and Joey Harder to be part of their, their tournament. <laughs> that was at the old um, AW West building. Frankensons. Yeah. Frankensons. Um, I actually – every time I go to L.A., I actually go to Frankensons every time. Nice. Just, and I walk to the back, and I, I tell my kids every time I go, hey, see this area right here? <laughs> ring right here. Your dad wrestled here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember – bringing you uh, there took you backstage to talk to american wild child the promoter and you being the vet you know joey harder was just starting dude. he was only a couple months in and so i told oh, yeah. i told uh, american wild child okay yeah this is Shoopy. you know he'll go over you know first round and then american wild child's looking at joey harder because joey carter had a little stock of your body he goes like nope this guy's going over <laughs> right and i'm like but i'm but i have luchador but i'm like yeah you had the you had the hood on still um how did it feel? Was that your first time uh, wrestling in SoCal? Um, I believe so. Because we went down there, we did the match, and I'm just like, uh, I'm like, really? You're going to have this guy? Okay, fine, fine, go ahead. Yeah. And um, I remember I, we had a good match. It was really actually a good match against Joey Harder. Yeah. And then he won and then went on again to Scorpio Sky. He was supposed to wrestle Chris Bosch. Or- Bosch. Or somebody – no, Bosch got hurt in a match with Hook Bomberry, I think. Was it Scott Lost? Mm, I forgot, but but pretty much Joey Harder got a bye to the finals. Yeah, I got the finals. I'm like, that could have been me. Like, I would have been in the finals. So he got the tag team with Super Dragon on this, like, only – not even a year in the business. <laughs> Main event for uh, uh, Rev Pro. Revco J-Cup. He's up there with Super Dragon, Quicksilver, Scorpio Sky. <laughs> that could have been choopy i loved it because the whole crowd was harder harder yeah. harder harder Joy he was harder. over just because of his name so colin censor dubbed them the harder dragons i honestly looking back on it i love it, it it's a great story of course at the time i'm like what the fuck yeah like, look i've been doing as long as this kid but no looking back on it great that was just awesome yeah but you were <laughs> you were over with the crowd you know they they pop for the shocker you know <laughs> that was uh big ugly and from toriamon um i forget the but he would go on the rope and he would do the crab walk on the rope mm-hmm. and he would go on the rope. And after he would go, shocker, boom. Uh, but I would actually, instead of me doing, instead of him doing this, I would do the actual shocker. Shocker, shocker yeah. Yeah. Doing the pink one and stink. I mean, come on now. That's the shocker <laughs> right there, baby. <laughs> that, that Every time I do it, I, I think of ugly because it was a joke gag that he did as Chupacabra. And I'm like, no, no, no. I will still do that. Don't worry. I'll figure it out somehow. <laughs> so did you end up working they, in the, uh, the LA area um, regularly or, or not really? Oh, I, I did a lot of shows with uh, AWS. Um, I also uh, Legion, uh, Legion Championship Wrestling down there. Uh, I did a couple of EWS shows as well. Okay. Um, but no, I, I actually went down to LA quite a few times and uh, had a good time wrestling. It, it was fun. It was actually really Fun and eye-opening and different, because during the time period, NorCal was known as stiff as fuck, but, you know, SoCal was always more acrobatic, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. So the mixture of the styles was 
kind of coming in and clashing, but in a good way. So, um, but no, I, I went to LA a lot and it, it was, uh, you, like I said, you helped me open up the door for that as well. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that. Cause, yeah, no. Uh, cause other than that, um, I think it was EWF with Cedric, the Hitman. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's in Portland before he moved down to LA. Um, he's one of my boys. I love that guy. And he, he's the one that helped me get down more in there as well. But yeah, both of you guys helped me get into SoCal. All right. on, man. Well, that's, that's, that's good to hear, man. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't know, like, you know, that you're, you're helping somebody or open a door for somebody. You're just kind of doing your, your own thing, you know, like Ron Rivera, American Watcher. Hey, who, who can you bring for this? I'm like, Oh fuck. Well, Chupi. And then I was trying to help Joey Harden too. You know, he's like, he was pretty good even for being as green as well, he was. He was, he was. So it's like, all right, let's, you know, let, let, let's do this. So sticking with the uh, uh, theme of Lucha Libre shows, let's talk about that FMLL show in San Jose. I talked to us about it with Flaco Loco. <laughs> and I just want to get your, your experience of that show, working in front of a bigger Mexican fan base crowd. Um, for me, that was probably my pinnacle for Lucha Libre. Um, I watched Flacco's interview as well. And for me, my, that was my dad's first show to actually come to see me wrestle. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, dad, I'm at the San Jose civic center. You live in Sunnyvale. That's 10 minute drive. Please come down and see me wrestle with, um, Oh wait. Yep. There it I is. kept this because of this. You know, El, El Santo, uh, Blue Demon, Psychosis, Ray Mysterio Sr. See? And that one right there? See? Yeah. Sarah Del Rey? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Sarah Del Rey couldn't do it. And then that's when you're like, hey, can you come down? I know you have family there. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll yeah. be down there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, but I get there. Um, I walk around with Flacco and my dad. And my dad is like, wow. You're gonna wrestle here? Are you are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was told I'm wrestling here, Dad. Like <laughs> that, that guy over there says I, I I'm supposed to be wrestling against uh two of those guys over there that I know already. He's yeah. like, okay, well, I'll be over here sitting down on my phone. Just let me know when uh what, if you have any any of the questions or issues. And um I believe myself and Flocka were match one or two. I believe it was Yeah, because he wanted to get his one and done. And me and Flocka were like, oh. <laughs> Because, you know, most people are always like, oh, man, we're match one. What are we going to do? Th- th- this is going to be bad. And I'm like, match one? Oh, thank God. We get done first, but we can get everything we want in? Nope. Let's go. Nope. Um, but that match was myself against El Flaco Loco. Myself and El Flaco Loco versus Apollo Khan and Kryptonite. For me, that was a real pinnacle with Kryptonite because for him – being one of the people that got me to train with Big Ugly in Sacramento and a big show at this caliber with El Flaco go against Apollo Khan, who is one of the fucking most underrated workers who should have never stopped working. It's Apollo. It's Apollo. <laughs> gonna make it look bad. Oh, now you messed up. <laughs> every year but, on his every year on his birthday, I leave that to him. It's Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Apollo. But, like, that right there, just having – when we walked out and Flocka's music's playing and we're walking around, he's riding a bike, I'm swinging the flag, hanging it around the whole time, 
the crowd dies down after the song and I, I hear for a quick minute, chupacabras, 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 and see my dad with a grin ear to ear, just like, that's my son. Like, nice. you know, that, that right there made me feel very, very great knowing my dad is humbled by what I'm doing right here with what it was. I think it was like 2,500 people. No, it was a, it was a jam-packed crowd. You guys had the crowd hot, dude. I was watching that, you know, being there, it's it's funny because I hardly remember shit when I'm there, but I have to watch it later. I'll watch the tape later. It was like, oh shit, you know, the crowd was hot. You know, this crowd has never seen any of you guys, right? You know, and just just you know your actions. You guys were crisp in all your moves. You guys were, you know, crypto and Apollo were drawing a lot of heat. You know, no, it was no, and and, and it was great. Just the the atmosphere from beginning to end. Like I, I was you know, enjoying that whole moment. And then I know before the show happened, I was pretty upset. So I was happy to do the match and do my best because of how uh, myself, I had merchandise I wanted to sell. Um, El Flaco Loco, he had merchandise he was going to sell as well. And we both walked up and we're like, hey, how are you doing for the promoter? You know, because Ugly taught us, you walk in, you shake everyone's hand. And I, to this day, I have no care who you are. Hey, how you doing? My name's El Chupacabra, even if I'm like this. Yeah. I'm like, hi, I'm Susan, uh, so-and-so's uh, girlfriend. I'm like, cool, nice to meet you. Thank you for supporting. Yeah. Like, I, I always put myself as a wrestler for uh, second. I'm a human being first, and I want to greet you and just be nice to you. I don't care about pro wrestling etiquette. And like, I just want to be nice to you. Yeah. And I know when we met um, – Rocky, right? Was that the Motor, promoter's yeah. name? Yeah. We met him and we told him who are we, who we were. Thank you very much. We have merch that we want to sell. And he offered, I think it was like, I can't remember. It was like a $200 or something. Uh, it was between like five and 800 or something like that. Yeah, something <laughs> stupid and ridiculous to sell merchandise on a table. And Flocka was like, well, I don't have to buy a table. I got a table in the car if that's the issue. He's like, no, 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 no. You got to pay me to sell your stuff so you can do it. And I was like, I, I, I was quiet because I'm, you know, the student at the time, but I'm looking at Flacco. I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, fuck this motherfucker. Yeah. Who the fuck does he think he is? Yeah. And then um, I was very glad after, like, so we did our match. We had a good time. And then after Flacco's like, let's go out there and fucking sell our merch. We don't need a goddamn table. Let's go sell that shit on our arms. I'm like, awesome. So what are we going to do? He's like, I got one shirt. I'll put your other shirt on my arm. Um, just run around with the Mexican flag and draw attention. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we made some money so we can go home and uh, just, you know, I don't like promoters that try to take money out of your pocket because they didn't have a good deal for yeah. what they had. You don't charge a worker to pay for something that they made to sell. Yeah. That that's that's a moral issue of just And not only on and not only that, it, it's it's guys that popped your crowd. Like the crowd the first match sets the tone for the rest of the show. It's like these guys did a great job. The crowd is hot. You know, the PL was horrible. So oh, why yeah. not? Why not let them sell some merch? Yeah, that I think that was it. Was just that it was like, oh, you want us to pay this much? Ah, eh, fuck you! I don't want to do it. Oh, and you're paying us this? Yeah, no. Yeah, guess what? I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna sell my own shit and do what I want to do. Yeah. So, but that was 
Yeah, that was rocky. I mean, ugh. that's a lot of. And I know, I know, I know. You sent me something earlier uh, about certain questions I want to maybe talk about and stuff. And even Rocky is not one of the worst promoters that I've ever dealt with. Yeah. And that guy, I believe he passed away recently in a past. He passed years. away a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his brother, I'll never forgive really because they both stole my character. From that oh, show, yeah, that we, yeah. From that show, there is where they created Los Chupacabras, Chupacabra One, Chupacabra Two. Yeah, and you know they use them in the boom. Yes, yeah, and um, I met him. I met the brother that was one of the Chupacabras at a Manny Fernandez show. Um, uh, Lucha, what the hell are they called? Huh? Lucha Extreme. Lucha Extreme. Lucha Extreme. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I met them there, and he's like, you can't wrestle as the Chupacabra. Um, I'm the Chupacabra. And I went, uh, the fuck you're not? Yeah. So I went out, did match one, and the whole crowd, it was a thousand people at the time. Chupacabras, Chupacabras. And I'm like, yeah, you hear that? That's for me, you <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Oh. I remember that. Well, I felt cocky at the time because I had myself, Big Ugly, Vinny Massaro, and Mike Modest behind me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was there for their. their I want to say their second show. I was there for two shows. One, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. I was there so with Lindsay's show. The yeah. one you probably brought some of the luchadors. I think uh, the second show yeah. and the third show it was uh, the guys from Lucha Vavoom. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Lucha Vavoom guys weren't there when I was there. I brought in Golden Lion, and I brought in uh, Roquero the Diablo. I brother. fucking love you, Listies. Yeah. Where the fuck is you? You need to come back to wrestling. Oh, he is done, dude. I tried to I, – I, uh, he's he's still in Stockton. Um, he's kind of like – you know, he kind of like – he's very religious now. He doesn't want nothing to do with wrestling, nothing to do with, <sighs> with that stuff, man. But, yeah, you guys no, you guys I, had a lot of good chemistry, man. You guys had a lot of good uh, – I fun. loved you, Listies. I really did. Just tell him I said hi, and if he ever does step back in the ring, I, I have no problem going to match him. But let's do this again, like, because, like you said, we had a him and Golden Golden Lion and El Chupacabras had a great fucking feud going on. Even Ulysses, Ulysses and Chupacabras had a good fucking feud going on. So yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, it'd be great to see him, man. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get him back, but I'm trying to get him in for an interview. He doesn't even want to do that. So what? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll I'll convince him. <laughs> um so let's let's dive in we we touched a little bit about it and and i think this will lead us into hood slam but talk to us about and talk to us about an instance where you had to deal with the shady promoter not that that has to do with hood slam but it kind of does at the end so <laughs> um so i mean i've dealt with a lot of shady promoters but the worst one i've ever dealt with and i have no problem naming names is uh mikey gordon um, we did a, a joint joint show called Beach Slam in Santa Cruz, and we get to the show. I'm it's myself versus Drugs Bunny, and we're gonna have that match going on one on one. And from the beginning when we got there, he was just being an asshole. He was yelling at the Stoner U students and just basically telling them to. They were he was belittling them as if he was their trainer, mm -hmm. and. It, it was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not their trainer. You have no right to go, hurry the fuck up, you fuckity fucks. 
Like, no, 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 no. You ain't that. I walked in halfway through. So something happened before where I believe Drugs Bunny was going to have to do something else in the beginning to go into a match or something. I can't remember. But he went to Drugs and said, you need to do this, 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 and this. And Drugs Bunny was like, no, that's not what I'm getting paid for. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. He's like, well, I'll pay you or whatever to do this, but you're but you're not going to wrestle, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, fine. So he comes to me and he goes, hey, Choopy, uh, Drugs Bunny is out of the match. So you need to find one of your students again and have them step in and wrestle uh, for with you in the match. I'm like, they wrestled match, pre-match and match one. They're done and they're going to get paid. Like, you're, I'm, I'm going to wrestle drugs. No, you're not wrestling drugs. He's not going to wrestle tonight. Well, fine then. You find me an opponent. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to just step back because I'm the antenna. You find someone for me. And he goes, ugh. Right there in gorilla position with the twins and someone who's doing music. And he's like, yeah, I can't find no one. She's so what the fuck are you going to do about it? I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do about it? I'm like, you are the promoter. You need to find me an opponent or you're going to have to pay me because I'm, I'm not going to do with this shit that you're doing. You're all dressed and everything. Oh. Huh? You said you were all – I was there. You were all dressed. You were all ready to go. I was dressed, ready to go, and he literally looked at me, and he goes, oh, oh, what the fuck you going to do about it? And I said, oh, and I fucking shoved him. He pushed, and he ran, He got pushed out of the curtain, and I fucking went after him, and I'm chasing after him. And I had Dustin and Derek, the twins, two big-ass fucking behemoth men fucking holding me back, barely, because I'm like, I'm fucking this guy up. He is done. And he cut some stupid promo about like, uh, oh, Choopy is this, blah, 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 blah. And, it, and um, the twins had to save it because they grabbed the mic and they said, let's make this an improv two tag match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they made it an improv two. And every time I'm like, oh, please, please let me get in the ring with this guy. Yeah. And no, never got in the ring, never got in the ring. And the match ended. I can't really remember how it ended. And it was done. No. Everyone left. I was fucking pissed because I had a couple friends that had never seen me wrestle come to the show. You had you had a, a a lady there that I believe it was your aunt or like your aunt. My aunt. Because my was, aunt, who's known me, who known me since birth, who's yeah. my mom's best friend, lives in Santa Cruz and went to see me, and I so, felt so fucking bad. I was right next to your aunt, and I was talking to your aunt, and all of a sudden, like you said, we see Mikey getting pushed out of the tarp. <laughs> And we're like, what the hell is going on? But so that all happened. And after that all happened, um, he didn't want to pay my students and a couple other people. And he tried to run out of the venue. Luckily, uh, the Stony U students, uh, the the twins told uh, Big B, and I can't remember who else it was, to guard the exits was going on. And then right when it was going on, he was trying to exit out. And fucking him and a security guard – Crowd and was like, he's trying to get out of here. Yeah. I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck if you don't have to pay me. You know what? It, it is Father's Day anyways, because I was pissed about that. Because we had a Father's Day event down at the beach with the twins and everyone else like that, just having a good time. And I was like, I don't care if you fucking don't pay me. You better pay my fucking students. Because if you don't, I will fuck you up right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember that, dude. He was carrying his bag around him like this. He would get in the ring and then he would try to go like to another room backstage and the security guard was like, no, you can't go in there. And it was like Joe Applebaumer's waiting for him out there. And it's like, all yep. these people, I've never yep. seen anything like that in my life. And I brought some friends and I'm like, oh no, this is all fucking real, dude. <laughs> this is <laughs> real right here. 
No, and like I said, you know me. Out of everyone that I just said, I'm the smallest guy yeah. <laughs> out of all them. So for them to hold me back to want to beat this guy's ass, that's an actual meeting. And uh, if you're listening to this by any chance, Mike Gordon, yeah, feelings are still mutual. I have no problem, and we'll still punch you in sight. So. <laughs> Kick rocks, move on. You heard it here <laughs> at Indie Handshake. All right, so now I think that's a perfect segue to get into Hood Slam. So how did how did that connection start with you and Hood Slam? Where did you free, uh, first meet uh, Sheik? So I met Sheik years before Hood Slam um, at Brawl. So um, it was uh, Barry Regulated Amateur Wrestling League was what the original name was, but it turned into Barry, Barely Regulated American Wrestling League, which was ran by um, Rick Luxury, um, uh, Dustin Mel, Derek Mel, and DJ Riz. Uh, they ran it, and when when they started doing shows there, Sheik was still at uh, Big Time Wrestling. Mm -hmm. This is where she started, and this is where she was at. And at the time, she wanted to venture out to because she wanted to be like, hey, I need to get better competition. I need to go against better people. And our names came up. So it was myself, uh, Virgil Flynn, uh, Kenny K, Mike Hayashi. Um, it was like, whoa, these people are supposed to be the best people in this area. I want to go out there and go against them. S Sam came out, wrestled all of us, and was like, okay, you guys are awesome. You got to keep doing this stuff. <clears throat> Years went by. We wrestled up and down the circuit, you know, and then um, they came by to where they just wanted to do their own thing. Put, uh, it came up to be Hood Slam. Sam wanted to do something where she could smoke weed and um, drink and just, you know, do something for the boys. Do yeah. do something to have fun. Yeah. And when the first year happened, um, she kept calling me. Just, hey, I want you fucking here. Come to fucking Hood Slam. And I'm just like, I love it. I love to, but I'm working and got kids and I can't just take a Friday off just to actually come down and not money. So a whole year went by, and then finally, within the past month, or the past couple, a uh, few months before the one-year anniversary show, she was just like, "Look, please, I have a storyline. I have Chupacabra versus zombie. Okay, I need to know what happens if a Chupacabra bites a zombie. Does the zombie turn into a Chupacabra, or if the zombie bites the Chupacabra, does <laughs> the Chupacabra turn into a zombie? Like, I need to know these answers." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we did the match, and. From us wrestling at the um, Victory Warehouse, the home of Hood Slam, that was my first match there, and I was hooked. I, I told my wife after, I'm like, I'm sorry, babe, I might lose some money coming to this place, but we can visit family, and I'm going to have some great time telling stories. Yeah. And my, my wife is always just very acceptable. Like, hey, you're smart, so I accept what you're doing. So... Uh, that's how I got into Hood Slam was after the year one. And um, we did, I think, maybe, maybe another year, I believe, over at the Victory Warehouse. And then we moved to the Metro. Mm -hmm. And then um, from there, we've just thrived and just became the powerhouse of what you see now. The, the What I say is the influence of what you see with wrestling going on now. Yeah. Um, what I say, and so like uh, – you got myself and Funny Bone, uh, a character who wanted to be like us, Finn Balor. 
you became something like us. Yeah. Um, you've got the the fiend coming out there doing his thing. My original fiend is Doc Atrocity. Yep. Shane okay? Misty. Yeah. Um, Broseph Joe Brody. The original bro is not that guy in WWE. It's Broseph Joe Brody. Yeah. We. I feel like we became the originators of what's going on right now because we didn't give a fuck about what everyone else was saying. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. If you liked it, cool. If you're not, fuck the fans. We don't care if you like it or not. We're here for our own amusement. And if you want to pay to see it, you're going to have a blood-tastic time. Yeah. Yeah, man. When that took off, man, when – Hoodslam Hood took off in the Metro. I was like, fuck, I should have stuck it out a little longer. <laughs> no, but that, you know, even if I had, man, I, there's no way competing with that because the the um, the ideas that Sheik and, and Shane Dynasty have, you know, it's it's unmatched, you know. Even if we were stayed there, you know, it, it would have been a totally different, you know, not as popular as what Hoodslam is. Well, so – Here's a little uh, less known fact that you might not know. So Shane and Sam, great minds in Hoodslam um, history. I ran Hoodslam for about two years, if you didn't know. So when Sam left and went to um, the East Coast, Texas. Um, I remember uh, she was doing the. She was doing the whole trouble. Yeah. I, I ran Hoodslam. I was the one that was in charge for the whole time. It was like a year and a half or so. And. To this day, that's probably still the pinnacle of my wrestling career because she came to me and said, hey, I'm going to travel for about a year or so, and I need someone to run Hood Slam. I'm going to have you run Hood Slam. And I'm at myself, I'm like, well, why not the Twins? Why not drink, uh, Drinko? Why not Broseph Joe Brody? Why not um, Doc Atrocity? And she was just like, um, you got a family, and you're running that under control? So I figured one more of the thing would be okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good At first, I'm like, I'm like, that's a fucked up way to think about it, to throw something else onto a family man, but okay. <laughs> hey, just pretend it's another baby. You like it. <laughs> but yeah, and, and it was because when she left, uh, she did a whole ceremony and basically was like, hey, right now, Hood Slam is chupacabras. So whatever engulfs from here is going to be Chupacabra's vision and doing everything. And she did the whole signing, like, Hood Slam is Chupacabra's. Boom. In front of everyone. And I'm just like, like, fuck. This is a huge, huge, huge deal. And I, I'm very thankful that I was able to keep Hood Slam afloat for two years yeah. while she was able to do what she wanted to do and then came back. I'm like, please, take it over. Like, if this is your baby – but then she still keeps me close knit to whatever has to be. I feel like, of course, Hussam is my home. I feel like Hussam is my my home because of what I was able to do with it, what I was able to grow with it, and how I'm still able to grow with it and do the things that I want to do with it. Not just as myself as El Chubacabra, but also the other venture of other characters that I've done as uh, uh, Sub-Zero, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Mr. Freeze, Scarecrow from uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. It's just, mm-hmm. just all these things that I'm able to do to be not just a professional wrestler, but more of an actor, I think. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a great thing. It's, I've, I've been to a couple. Um, 
And and actually, it, it, it got to the point, well, not get to the point, but it was, I, I find it amazing how guys were like super crazy, were hitting me up. <laughs> to try to see if I, I remember can... you came and brought him to the show. Yeah. So that hey. fucker. I don't speak English. <laughs> fuck you. You speak English, you fuck. Oh, he does. He, he, fucking... <laughs> he does. Virgil, Virgil would tell me that all the time. He's like, you know that fucker speaks English, right? He's just fucking with you, right? Because you had to translate our first match that we had together. He, he knew what was going on. Like, he, you know, he plays and he does a lot of time. He speaks Japanese, too. Like, I know. I know. After I was told that, I'm like, this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> that was great because he, uh, he was in your match, right? It was myself and Super went. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I wrestled against him first. And then after we did another match, because he came back after, and it was myself and him versus the twins, I think it was. Yeah. But the first time, it was like, oh, no, no, I'll <laughs> English. I'm like, you fuck. After Virgil told me, I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. All right, so kind of just winding down a little bit here. Uh, can you tell us about one of your favorite road stories? Roads. <laughs> oh, okay, I got a good one. It was the last... Knox Pro Territory League show, and it was uh, the Rito Scum who were undefeated throughout the Territory League. You remember the Territory League? Yes. Yep. So it was myself, Paul Isadora, uh, Lust of the Legend, Adam um, Thornstow, and Malachi. And I'm sorry, that that's a powerhouse fucking team right there. We went undefeated throughout the whole Territory League, and it was the night that we went against Las Vegas High Rollers. I think it was Chavo Guerrero, the Godfather. Uh, you mean Chuck? Grandmaster Sexy. Huh? You mean yeah, Chuck? Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmaster Sexy and then two other people I can't fucking remember. And we lost. After being undefeated for this whole season, we lose. I was pissed. I was done. I was like, I, I've spent eight nine months of my time for this company for scraps and this is how they fucking treat us i'm fucking done fuck this fucking place we're all driving back and we also had a manager uh cannibal drake nelson oh yeah (laughs) so we're driving back and he's like hey man i gotta puke he's like but i puke i want you to get the camera out and record me i'm like okay bro so we get the camera out. We start recording. And he goes, yeah, is recording? He goes, all right, good. <laughs> Fuck Knox Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Rikishi. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Black Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat Reno Scum's nutsack. <laughs> Hammered as hell. Uh, we get done he's fucking done puking I'm like hey bro you need to eat so we pull into an IHOP right there right before you go into the mountain for uh, the grapevine mm-hmm. if you know what I'm talking yeah. about it's like, it's like that one of the last stop that's right there we get there and he straight goes you know what this food's taking too long I need to help them out so Cannibal Drake gets up walks to the back of the fucking place and the, the food's getting served and he goes don't worry I served at fucking Chili's two days before. I know how to serve food. <laughs> he gets Damn. the food and just starts dropping it off on the right tables, mind you. The right yes. tables. Like, 
he's actually dropping it off. I'm like, wow, he's actually doing this. <laughs> and this whole time, Adam and uh, Lester are just like, all right, hey, let's fuck with him some more. Let's put some salt inside of his water. So he comes back after he does his good deed, and he sits down and gets his water, and he goes, huh, salt in the fucking water? And <laughs> throws the cup, hits the top of the ceiling, hits the glass. <laughs> We did not get kicked out, but we paid an extra tip, and we were like, we were sorry for our friends. Yeah. But that was – it was a good story just to – the circumstances of us being in a certain atmosphere with certain yeah. people and then how it can get broken down, but still seeing the lighter side of it from someone else's point of view. It's like, fuck this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was really awesome. I, I truly enjoyed that moment. Dude, that sounds uh, – Another runner-up number two real quick. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jody Christopherson almost killing NorCal. <laughs> As a whole, or is that just everything? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we had a show in PCW in Oroville. And I think we were driving back to Marysville or Sacramento for a show the next day. So like we had PCW, you know, pro championship wrestling up in Oroville on a Saturday. I think it was probably SPW on Sunday. So we're driving down a certain road and on Gar, Gar Garvin, I think it was not even like your own phone. You had to have the actual, you know, that didn't tell you directions. Yeah. <laughs> so it's telling him to turn right from Oroville. Like you had to turn right and then go on to the 65, you know, like, okay, now you take the freeway to take to the 80. Jody was just like, nah, I'll be fine. I'll just go straight until the street makes up to it again. I think it was nine of us in this car. It was like myself, Matt Carlos, Rick Luxury, AJ Kirsch. It was, it was a yeah, bunch well, of us all. Just, at the time, it was the name. You are Mexican. Remember dude. that? You are Mexican, dude, if you travel with nine people inside of a <laughs> It was an expedition, okay. It had a seatbelt for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was the names of who's who from like SPW, PCW, and like the rural areas at the time when we were all starting to do everything to get with everyone yeah. in one car. And we were supposed to take a right, and Jody didn't take the right. I'm like, hey, Jody, you should take the right there. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. We'll go to the next street. I'm the one that's in the very, very far back in the middle looking straight ahead. And I can see very far away. I'm like, Jody, it says end. Jody, end, end. And, and, and he slams the brakes two feet in front of this sign that says end. And he goes, oh, it ended here. And I was supposed to take the freeway over there. <laughs> yeah. He legit to almost took out just like every majority of the people, you know, now in NorCal. Oh shit, man. <laughs> that is insane. He would have gone on the rest of the, that was his legacy. He killed NorCal. Yeah, no, that would have been his legacy. We all joke about it every time. When I talk to Jody, I'm like, hey, Jody, do you remember we almost killed NorCal? He goes, yes, fucking Choofy. I fucking know. <laughs> Damn. What, uh, can you tell us about one of the craziest fan interactions you ever had? <laughs> PCW Orville as well. <laughs> I got done wrestling either Brian Cage or AJ Kirsch in a match at in the Oroville Municipal Center there. And after it was done, I went back to sell my merch with my wife who was selling my merch for me. And I'm just sitting there being creepy, doing my thing. And this dad comes up and his dad was just like, you are phenomenal, man. 
I think you are great. You know what? I wish my daughter was here, my oldest daughter, because I would have you take her at home tonight. <laughs> Unfortunately, all I got is my 16-year-old daughter here. But I have my 16-year-old daughter here. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, thank you very much for the support, sir. But I'm just going to oh, just. man. Yeah, it was awkward. That was very, very awkward getting proposition from a dad for their daughters with my wife right behind me. <laughs> I could put a little cute goat costume for her. I know you love goats. Uh, and the worst part is, is like, I'm looking back like off. Cause at this time it's been probably about 12 years or so that I've been in the business and I'm like, fuck, let me look back for my wife. So support. And she goes, <laughs> shit <laughs> deal with this on your own i want to i want to see this how this goes out because <laughs> you know angela you you know angela personally she's like no 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 yeah this is gonna be some funny shit yeah let's see this go let it ride, let it ride. <laughs> oh man well this this kind of ties in into one of your most embarrassing moments that you've had either at a show uh, during a match, embarrassing, embarrassing. gear, uh, gear, uh, uh, malfunction. Oh, 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 I got one. I totally got one. I believe when I first started wrestling, I was the person that brought back trunks to wrestling because at the time, Mike Modest and Donovan Morgan were the only two wearing them at the time. Everyone else wanted to wear kick pads or they wanted to wear, you know, tights. And I'm like, Biker, you know bikers, what? Boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chonies, bro. Uh, you know the straight chonies. And I'm like, you know what? I can fucking do that with kick pads. I think I'm a good-looking guy below. Like, let's go. So I bought a pair of black trunks as El, 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 El Chupacabras at the Colonial Theater. And I'm like, okay, these are smalls. These are perfect. I don't need to wear any underwear. <laughs> so I go out there and I'm wrestling a match. I, I gotta. I, I can't find it now, but I have the picture somewhere. I get body slammed right in front of the Colonial Theater where the crowd's there because, you know, it's a three-sided area that you can see. Mm -hmm. I get body slammed, and all you see is my legs hitting perfectly, hitting spread open, but my balls and my dick are hanging out on my left side. And a mom is jumping as fast as she can to jump and cover the daughter's eyes of seeing what's going on. Because I'm selling. I'm just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and um Flacco actually did an award ceremony for us and I have it downstairs on my wall that it's the my diggy popped out award <laughs> <laughs> and it's signed by El Flacco Loco yeah. and it was presented at the Colonial Theater with everyone like you know <laughs> good job Chupi for your diggy popping out but did you accept it with your diggy popping out I, no, because <laughs> because if I would have, my wife would have probably beat me. It, it, it happened accidentally. But if I would have done it purposely, then that's when the real Mrs. Chupacabra steps out and yeah. goes. So that it's funny because you know that really happened. But I know guys fuck with each other all the time. I remember Sal Tomaselli; he would do this all the time, where he would tell somebody like, "Hey, your ball popped out," or "Hey, you got this hanging out." <laughs> 
after that happened, he, Sal would just laugh his ass off. He's like, hey, did your ball pop out again? Is that going to be chest? I'm like, shut up, Sal. Okay. I know. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> Sal, um, Sal is uh, my senior. Uh, with with everything in wrestling, Sal Tomaselli is my senior. And I hated and loved him at the same time. <laughs> um, anything you found disappointing about the business? And have you, do you have any regrets? My only regret is I wish I would have, I mean, I pushed it hard when I was younger, but I pushed it hard in the area. I wish I would have pushed it hard more of venturing out because I've done, I've, I did a ring of honor tryout and, you know, a training course. I've did an impact wrestling TNA tryout before, which helped uh, Brian Kedrick get to hood slam. That was me. <laughs> But um, other than that, I, I would say I've met a lot of people that don't hold their morals. Like the two things that I've always said, and I know like a lot of people will, will say this, what I've said to them is like we are men first and then wrestlers second in this business. Like that's just me saying like we're not going to step on each other's you know, personal shit to make our own shit feel validated. Like I am who I am. You are who you are. Let's respect that. If you can't respect that, then I'm sorry, but fuck you. Um, other than that, I mean, just a lot of the people in the business, I've met a lot of great people. I, uh, 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 the twins, uh, Sam, Anton, Broseph, Joe Brody, I've met so many great people in this business, but I still just meet a lot of horrible people in this business and not horrible to the way that you would be or anyone else would hold the standard of horrible. But my feeling is back in the day, we were a family when SPW was their only area BGW, APW, PCW, RPW. It was their own area. We felt that family. Yeah. And we were our own family there. I kept that through and through. So with what I try to embody in Hood Slam is if we can't make it, we're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. I might make it. But I want all of us to make it. Yeah. So that, that's been my mentality for the past six, seven years. Cause I mean, I'm right now I'm 38. I don't, I don't have that much more time to push for what I can do, but I want to make the area better. I want to make people better. And I want to show that we are better as a collective, not individually. Yeah. Because more people that – like when I see the East Coast people doing individual stuff, granted, they're doing great stuff. They're, they're, they're making a name for themselves and doing it. But if I can do it with Sam, the twins, and everyone at Stoner U, everyone at Big Time Wrestling, everyone at Gold Rush, everyone at All Pro Wrestling, everyone at East Bay Pro, everyone at Sacramento Pro Wrestling, SPW, if I can do that with everyone and make – us all better then my goal is achieved yeah that's what i want i i i i I do not see myself doing this that much longer especially with the pandemic going on because i like you said i got a family 
I have my kids I got to worry about. So do I need to push for that next level to get there? Yes. Is that my main priority right now? No. So that is what I see going on right now in the future state of North. Yeah, man. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens, man. But with that, you know, I'd like to thank you for, for being on Indie Handshake. Uh, I think that was a great way to end and this interview with you, like I said, brother, you're a very hard worker in the ring and outside. You're a really great family, man. I know that anytime I book Chupacabra, it's like it's the crowd's gonna pop. He's gonna put in 100, uh, and you know it's gonna be a great show. It's gonna be a great match because, like you said, he is thinking about everyone around him and not just himself. So, thank you, Chupi, for all the all the shows that you worked for me, and uh, thanks again for doing this interview, man. Don't, don't, no, you don't have to thank me. Like, like I said, you, you've helped me since day one when I was in the backyard doing something like this. Like you, you didn't see me be what I am right now, but once you saw what I've done and what I've been doing, you're like, Hey, I can book this guy. And I've trusted you as a friend and you always took me under your wing. And to this day, if you asked me, you said, Hey, I got a show going on. Can you do it? You know exactly what I'd say. I'm like, yeah, bro. Got you. No problem. So, and, no, and you know, it's you. coming like Jesus resurrects all the time and does <laughs> shows again. <laughs> well, cause then, then I go, wow, Brown snake is running a show, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> all the time, dude. All the time I'd get confused. Man. Uh, I fucking love you and Brown snake. You know, that to shit. this day I still get added on Facebook and people were like, Oh dude, you were great in the hood slam. I'm like, Oh dude, that's not me. It's another hate. <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. I love it every time. Cause I'm like, Wrong Jesus Cruz, but I'm going to still like it. <laughs> Again, thanks a lot, Chupacabra. Salute to you, brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate everything you've done for me. Everything where I'm at right now would it, wouldn't be anything without yourself or Nick Aragon because I would not be. Oh, man. Thank you. Appreciate you saying that, and cheers to Nick Aragon as well. And thank you for watching Andy Handshake. I've been Jesus Cruz here with Chupi. El hijo de Chupacabra, Mexican werewolf. We'll see you guys next time. Blah!